Pastor, as they committed themselves to the teaching of or to the commandment that our Lord Jesus given to them. Okay, Matthew 28 say that therefore go and make disciple of all nations. Okay, and I want to highlight that the obedience of the early church and the pastor. Okay, the early church grew. Not only in numbers, okay, but they also grew in spiritually. Okay, they grew in their knowledge in Jesus or in God, and we can always reflect to the situation during that time as we are doing right now. Okay, for the past two months we talk about the cultural uh, issue, Jesus and the culture, and I do believe that those the challenge, the real challenge that we are facing currently. And when you study the book of Acts. Actually, they face the same challenges. They have to fight with the current belief systems, both in Jews and in the Gentiles, or they also have to face with the current culture during that time. Okay, so the challenge is always real when it comes to spreading or preaching the gospel. And I think I said it uh, uh, last month that we can keep continue. Or talking about all those issues that are happening in our culture from A to Z, okay? But the real question that we need to answer is what is the main issue that any culture is having today? What is the real or the main issue in any culture today? So I want to uh, quote uh, from uh, David Black, uh, Pastor David Black. Um, he was interviewed, I think he wrote a book uh, called uh, counter counterculture, and then this is very interesting, and uh, I couldn't agree with him more. Right? So, what is the main issue in any culture today? Is it is it poverty issue? Is it political issue? Is it social justice issue? Is it 
uh, abortion, homosexuality. What is the, the main issue? What he said that the main issue is God and the gospel. The most offensive claim in Christianity is that God is the creator, owner, and judge of every person on the planet. Every one of, of us stands before him guilty of sin, and the only way to be reconciled to him is through faith in Jesus, the crucified Savior and risen King. He continued, The message of the gospel has always been counter-cultural, and the need for the gospel has always been urgent in every culture. At the same time, when we consider the pace at which the moral landscape around us shifting and the accompanying increase in opposition to the gospel, I do believe we are living in a unique time. Consequently, it's imperative, it's imperative, it's crucial for Christians today to know what we believe about various cultural issues according to the gospel and the word of God for sure, and to have the courage to live according to those beliefs. Culture is always changing and will continue to change. But the beauty and resiliency of the gospel is seen to, in the way believers have constantly responded to the changing tides in the culture. So I cannot, I couldn't agree with him more. It is true. Right? The culture is always changing, but the beauty and the resiliency, the resiliency of the gospel have consist, consistently responding to that issue. So the main issue actually is not about, about, about abortion, about the, the uh, poverty, the social justice and stuff, but the main issue is about God and the gospel. Because for me, I agree, the gospel is always offensive to the culture, okay? Nobody likes the gospel from the beginning, even from the book of Acts, right? So let's open uh, our Bible. Let's open the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 44 to 49. Okay. So let me read it for you. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Okay, that's verse 44. But before, I want to give a little background about the Acts chapter 13. So Acts chapter 13 is the chapter that the Bible wants to show to us that God opens door for the gospel to be spread out to the whole world. Okay, we read we read from Acts chapter 1 to chapter 12, we see that how the early churches got formed, people are called Christians, they are committed themselves to the teaching of the apostle, uh, they uh, try so hard to love one another, there's a dispute, yes, there's, a, there's some uh, gospel proclamation uh, reaching out and, and everything, and then chapter 13 is uh, the first record in the book of Acts about Paul's sermon, okay? Paul got converted before, and then he's spreading and preaching the gospel, okay? So they just began in Jerusalem, and then they went through all the cities, 
Damascus, Samaria, and then uh, Antioch, right? And very interesting when you see or you read chapter 13, right, 1 to 43, the way that Paul and Barnabas, basically, Paul and Barnabas are preaching the gospel, okay? First, they told about this story, about the story of Israel, okay? They mentioned to them, all the Jews, basically, and all the Gentiles that, hey, God is always at work from the beginning, preparing the way of the Messiah, okay? So it's not that the Messiah comes automatically, no. God already prepared it from the beginning, okay? So history, history lesson, basically, right? History uh, preaching uh, to, to the uh, Jews and the Gentiles. And then he declared the gospel, okay? Not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. What is the gospel, okay? When somebody asks you, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is good news. Yeah, what is the good news about? Is that about the infl inflation rate going down? Is it about the stock market uh, when uh, goes up? Or what? What's the good news? The good news is about Jesus Christ, who came to the world, who died on the cross for the punishment of our sin, who raised up from the dead, and so that we can live now. And the old has past and the new has come. That's the gospel, okay? So the gospel is the message of salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Paul explained, okay, the historical uh, of the Israel nation is God has covenant with the King David, okay? And God said that, you know what, David, from your line of descendant, there will be coming a Messiah, which is Jesus Christ, right? So Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecies. And then Paul mentioned to them that, hey, you know what? If you put your, your faith or your trust in Jesus Christ, you will be having two blessings. One is the forgiveness of your sin. And second is the justification before the throne of God. So that's a blessing that people, especially Jews, couldn't get it from the law of Old Testament, okay? And when we are talking about the law, uh, you, you, know, you know from, from the Old Testament to the uh, New Testament, there's a gap approximately like a 40 or 400 years, okay? 400 years. So people never heard God audibly, directly, okay? There's no prophets, okay? There's no judges, okay? Just a quiet, silent moment, 400 years. And people or not people, but uh, the Pharisees, basically the rabbis, they start interpreting the Bible or the, the law of God. They keep adding and adding and adding rules upon rules upon rules upon rules. There are hundreds, hundreds rule that they added to the original law of God. Okay? And they say that if you broke one of the rule, it means you broke the whole law. Okay? So can you imagine as a Jews, even though probably you understand, okay, probably we can, we can reflect some of us, right? So if you are coming from a Christian family background, okay, or let's say your, your dad is a, a pastor or minister, you thought that, oh, I think uh, I'm chosen by God, so I think I'll be fine, okay? So I will be, I'll be fine, I'll be, I'll be safe, okay? You understand that, but then 
if you look at the law in Old Testament that you have to do this and that and this and that and this and that, I don't think that we will have a peace at our heart because it's very hard and it's very impossible for us to do all those laws. So I think when the Jews listen to the preaching of Paul, it's a good news for them. It's a a deliverance message to them. Oh, so my salvation is not based on my, my own doing, my works, but based on the finished work, Jesus Christ on the cross. For the Gentiles, it's even better because in the, in, uh, before the Gentile was told that the salvation is only for the Jews, not for the Gentiles. But now, Paul mentioned then, hey, the message for the gospel, of the gospel is for both. First for the Jews and second for the Gentile. So that's, that's a good news, right? So, so let's continue to, to read uh, chapter 13, verse 44 to 49. <clears throat> 44. On the next Sabbath, so after they heard Paul and Barnabas preach in the synagogue, they said that, Paul, please, can you come again next week? Okay? Just like you, you like my sermons, and then you say, Pastor Christmas, can you preach again next week? <laughs> no, no, just, just kidding. So, uh, they say, Paul, can you, can you please come again next week? Because I want to hear more, furthermore, about, about your message, about, about this gospel. So, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So, what it tells us is more people coming, actually, almost the whole city. Okay? When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heap abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you rejected and do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. So, this is the basic thing, right? I think most of us, we are all Christians, okay? And our Christian life begins with the call from God. God called us to become the follower of Christ, okay? The God who initiated that called us to follow Christ. All of us, we are called a church, okay? Ecclesia, the call, the call out ones. The, the Greek word is ecclesia. It means the call out ones, okay? So, you are the church, you are the church, you are the church, I'm the church. Okay, they call it universal church. Ecclesia is the assembly, okay, the gathering of the believers, everyone who, are, who, uh, who is called out and become the local church like this. Okay, so everyone was called. Everyone is called. Okay, so when Jesus called us, Jesus called us to be his disciple, to be his follower, meaning that we belong to him, 
okay? We do not belong to anyone else. We belong to Him. Meaning what the consequences of we belong to Him is what? We follow Him, whatever it takes, it takes whatever it costs, and we learn from Him and of Him. Now, the question, in the Bible, the book Matthew, Luke, Mark, Luke, John, or even in the book of Acts, we witness the way Jesus called that, uh, his disciples. They just called. They came to Peter and uh, uh, Andrew, and then they called them. Okay, they call, he called all the 12 disciples. The apostle called people by preaching the gospel uh, in, in the book of Acts. Now, nowadays, how did or how does God call people to him? Can you imagine if God sent you a message through your WhatsApp? or direct messaging in Instagram, or probably TikTok. <laughs> Can you imagine if God, God is, I don't know, Jesus like a dance or something. I don't know. I don't have TikTok, but is that the call? Is that how God call? Okay. I want to read Romans 10, 13 to 17. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then? Okay, this is the same apostle who wrote this book. Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Or how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For as Isaiah said, Lord who has believed our message. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So God called people to, through the preaching of the gospel. So today, this is what I'm trying to uh, invite you and encourage you that we want to focus on the fellowship and preaching the gospel. Yes, we are called to have fellowship as a brother and sister in Christ, but that's not, it doesn't stop right here. Okay, it doesn't stop right here. There's another call for us to go out, go and make disciples of all nations, preaching the gospel. People can say, how about Ephesians chapter 1, 4, it says that for he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Some people say, I've been chosen, chosen from the beginning, so I'm safe, okay? I'm predestined to be safe because God said that he chose me in him before the creation of the world, before even I was born. How can we reconcile with Romans 10? Well, I do believe even I, I was coming from a, a Christian family, I will say, right? So I was dedicated as a baby and then I went to the church, Sunday school, everything, right? So every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. And I could relate to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Yeah, because my dad is a Christian. I think I, I was chosen in God, right? Before the creation of the world to be a Christian, to be safe people. But my personal conversion, there's a moment that People directly and indirectly coming to my life, preaching the gospel, sharing the good news, 
ministering to me, and at one point, I put my trust in Jesus. So it's not automatically, guys, it's not automatically that you are safe from the beginning, from the baby, and then you're done. No. I believe that God chose me so that when I, in 2019-95, I had a personal encounter with Jesus, I put my uh, trust and give my life and surrender to Jesus because people are preaching to me directly and indirectly. So there is a need. There is a need to go out, preach the gospel, and share the good news to all people. Okay, when I say all people, including Christians, <laughs> because sometimes Christians are not safe. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to be jud uh, judgmental here. Right? Sometimes people who are in the church, they are even they don't know whether they are safe or not. So the preaching of the gospel is like a double-edged sword, not only to one direction as I'm preaching, but also preaching back to me. Okay, okay, so. What we can learn from, from the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Acts, okay? About evangelism, preaching the gospel. So Acts chapter 13, verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Why they gather on the Sabbath? Almost the whole city, why? Because they want to hear the word of the Lord. It's not about the Apostle Paul, it's not about Barnabas, it's not about anything but it's because the word of the Lord. Lesson number one, as we preach the gospel, we have to focus on God himself. Focus on Jesus. Okay? The word of God who attract people, not our ability to uh, present the gospel, not our ability to uh, uh, debate uh, arguments, okay? But it's just the word of God itself who attract people to come and literally that it will call people and draw people to God himself. So it is crucial for us to grow in our knowledge about God. If you want to talk about God, if you want to uh, focus our conversation on Jesus or on God, it is crucial that we have a relationship with God and we make sure that we grow in our knowledge of God. Without our knowledge about God, then we don't know what we are talking about, right? So we need to know God as who He is, what He has done, and what He is calling us to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay? We don't add anything to it. Okay? That when we are preaching the gospel, the message of the salvation is because the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay. Verse 44 and 46. When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heap abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God again. The word of God is the focus to you first. Since you rejected and do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. So from 
the first 46, as I mentioned, that the gospel is not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And it is from the beginning, Genesis chapter 12. Remember when God talked with Abraham? What did God say to Abraham? I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When I studied this, I, I, just, I just realized that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, through Abraham and his descendants. And we are the descendants of Abraham. All people. So from the beginning, God has intention to spread or to extend his grace to all people on earth. So now we can see, right, the connection. This what there's a need for us to preach the gospel, remember Romans uh, chapter 10, that people need to hear the message about Christ, okay? People got regenerated, have faith, and put their trust in Jesus. So, as we focus on Jesus, the message of Jesus, we also focus on the people it's, uh, themselves, okay? So, when I say focus on people, that when, when we are preaching the gospel, when we are serving others, when we are uh, ministering to somebody, so the focus is supposed to be the salvation of the person's soul, right? Not, not the person's uh, uh, problem or troubles, okay? Because problems, again, it can, comes and go. But the focus is supposed to be the person's soul, the salvation of the person's soul. Now, this is very tricky, right? It's very tricky because and I'm, I'm going to talk about application here. So it's very tricky because sometimes when we are witnessing or we are preaching the gospel, we are, and I'm speaking from my experience, we are focusing on the method of evangelism itself. Okay, how can we uh, witness to this person? Let's say I didn't know uh, Samuel, right? So Samuel is here. So I didn't know him. And I know that he is um, not a, a believer yet. Okay, so I'm trying to uh, witness to him. And then, I'm focusing, instead of the message of the gospel, I'm focusing on how I, quote-unquote, convert him, okay? Oh, I think he likes a dumpling. Huh. So I have to take him to Tintaifu, probably, right? Dumpling place, okay? So after that, I think he likes a bubble tea. Okay, after that, then I will have to go to the bubble tea, okay? And then, uh, oh, I think he, uh, uh, he needs a job. Oh, okay, probably I will help him. And then on his resume, and then I'm trying to get him a job. So doing that kind of things, that's a good thing, actually, that you are uh, helping him. But make sure that we do not lose our focus on spreading or preaching the gospel message itself. Because being kind, okay, being nice, doing a lot of good things or kind things is not the same as preaching the gospel. That's the act of gospel, Yes. As we meet the people, we have a compassion, right, for, for those people, especially people who, who have needs. But the message of the gospel is not that. The message of this gospel is the message about salvation, and the message is offensive to a lot of people, especially when people is relying on his own strength, and they think that they are good people, and I don't need God, Okay that's going to be very offensive to them, okay? 
and sometimes also we we like to spend hours and hours debating about about the the problem of evil, you know. So why why this thing happened? Why tsunami happened? Why COVID happened? And then we are trying to debate like, uh, is it from God? Is that not from God? God is in control. God is sovereign, but no, I don't think it's a God. Is it from the devil and stuff? And then all of a sudden, we are losing the focus that we need to spread the gospel. Okay? So focus on Jesus. Focus on people, the salvation of the, the person. And again, it's not us. It's not us who comfort people. Okay? It's not us who save people. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's the, it's the, it's the, uh, uh, it's the work of God himself who comfort people. Okay, that's why, like the Jews say that it's jealousy. Why all these Gentiles all of a sudden becoming like them? Okay? So, again, I was coming from a Christian background, so I got saved by the work of Jesus Christ. I know some of you are not from Christian background, but you guys are saved by the work of Jesus Christ, so we are the same. Regardless, regardless of our background, it's a personal encounter and personal relationship with, with Jesus. Verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. As we focusing our conversation on Jesus, we focusing our heart and our compassion to the to the soul of the person that we are ministering, we also focus on ourselves. When I say focus on ourselves, it doesn't mean that becoming uh, self-centered. No, focusing on ourselves, we have to know our true identity in Christ. What is our identity in Christ? Jesus said that, or Apostle Paul basically wrote in Colossians 4, 6, let your comf- um, sorry, that we are the light of the world, right? The, the, I have made you a light for the Gentile. In Matthew, Jesus said that you are the salt and the light of the world. So Paul mentioned that I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. So we are the light, okay? As the descendant of Abraham, we are the light for the Gentiles, so we have to know our identity. Light cannot be hidden. It's always shine. Okay? In Matthew, Jesus said, a town built on the city on the hill cannot be hidden. People will see. People will see our life. As we are preaching the gospel, we need to be ready because people will see our life. So when I say that, focusing our lives, we have to be careful what we are doing as a Christ follower. It's not saying that, oh, should we become a hypocrite? No, 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 no. The call from Jesus that we need to be disciple of Jesus Christ, remember that we need to follow him whatever it takes at all costs. Meaning that our obedience to all commandments that Jesus has told us to do. So, people will see what we preach, what we do. Okay? And probably, you guys can 
or, or we, we can cover up as we are talking to somebody because that person probably is not 20 hour, 24 hours uh, with us, right? But preaching the gospel, again, it's not only one way, but also to us, right? When I say this, probably my wife will see me the most hypocrite person in the whole world, right? <laughs> because he said, oh, you are preaching about this and this, but then, yeah, at home, then, yes, we have fight and stuff. Sometimes uh, I say rude uh, to my wife and stuff. So that kind of a message, again, I have to preach the gospel to myself itself because, hey, there's a need, there's a call to walk in the light like Jesus has commanded us to do. So every time we sit down and talk, what we have to talk about is our life, okay? The life that we have lived, even though it's not a perfect life. So it's good that we can be vulnerable because when people see that we are vulnerable, people will see what are the things that you stand in. Just like the song that we sing. We stand in the grace that God has given to us. And people say, Grace? No, 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 the person name is Grace. Eh? So, who's Grace? <laughs> Grace. Oh, there's somebody who died for you? Oh, that person must be crazy. Well, from the cultural perspective, yeah, probably he's crazy. Do you want to know his name? <laughs> Jesus. So then people will see, oh, there's something different. And again, application-wise, uh, you, will, you will have a different type of challenge, okay? Sometimes when you, uh, I remember back in, in Wisconsin when I was um, uh, in the care group, we have uh, somebody, a new student who came to our care group. He's uh, uh, basically from a Buddhist family, okay? He always come to the church because he loved hang, to hang out with us in the care group, uh, spending uh, our time with us. But then we were not really preaching the gospel to him. We saw the act of the gospel. We pray, we fast. Sometimes, they, I mean, he also fasts. But then we're not really, really preaching the gospel to him because we are afraid if we are offending him, he will left the church and we become small again. <laughs> so, so we have a pastor Charles here. So you know, in around 1998 or 2000 in in, in USA, we are we are uh, in recent church. We want to be a bigger church, right? We want to more. We want to have more crowd. So our temptation is just be nice to people, right? So people come to our church. They are comfortable. They are convenience. Okay. Do not offense them. Okay. Oh, I know, I know. I don't think that they, they are trying. Uh, they are not ready to, to believe in Jesus, but okay, don't offense him. But again, I lost my, my focus on that guy at the time. And I remember that there's a one time, uh, me and my roommate, we were praying, and then he was like staying in our apartment, and I said, hey, do you want to pray with us? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. And then we kind of forced him to pray. You, you pray for me, right? And then and I pray for him, and then he will pray for you. Can you pray for me? Oh, I cannot pray. Just pray. It's okay. God will listen. <laughs> God will hear. And when he prays, uh, God, 
You are good? Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I think it's good. He prayed. So I felt that I accomplished something. But I didn't even preach the gospel to him. So I want to close with this. As we are uh, um, partaking the, the Holy Communion, is this a declaration to the world that we are Christ follower, that we have a communion with him, that we are called his child and daughters, right? Uh, sons and daughters, we are the children of God, okay? And it's supposed to be the declaration of the gospel, okay? Compassion is needed, but compassion is not a gospel itself. It has to be a declaration that he died on the cross for us and he rose from the dead for us. So, like we mentioned, that Holy Communion is strictly, probably it is offensive, but it's strictly to the people who have put their life in Jesus and surrender their life in Jesus. It's not for everyone. Okay? If you believe that Jesus is your Lord, then you are welcome to take this Holy Communion. Now, for those who have not received Jesus as your Lord, I always believe in Romans 8.28. That in all things God work for good for those who love Him. It is not a coincidence that you are here in this place today. I believe a divine appointment. I don't know what was the purpose that God sent you here today. And I don't know what is the plan that God allows you to hear this gospel. But I want to extend the invitation. And I want to talk to you. I want to share more about Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. I cannot promise anything to you because only God who has a promise, he is the author of promises and he will give you those promise of salvation. Okay, so let's, let's stand and we, I invite uh, uh, the minister who are serving the Holy Communion.